dream of each other even though we see each other every single day of our lives exactly mm-hmm. uh hello there and welcome to love drunk thank you so much for the welcome oh of course uh i for those of you who don't know i am charlotte rose here with the wonderful amazing awe-inspiring jordan maranto oh shucks that was such an introduction and i really appreciate it hey anytime baby thank you so here on love drunk we do let the guests pick the poison and anything is on the table except for gin that's right we don't drink gin here on love drunk if uh you want to have a podcast and be on a podcast and drink gin then start your own podcast charlotte hates gin yeah i don't like it it hurts my tummy it's not i i get an upset stomach every time i drink it so Mm. that's why we don't do it maybe if we get to i don't know a certain amount of episodes maybe one day i'll drink it no no no. there's gonna be some dude who's Mm. listening to this podcast who loves gin and is like into you and he's gonna be like charlotte listen i can change your mind about gin And you're going to be like, fuck no, and this is how I know we're not meant to be. Um, A boy I had a crush on who was a bartender actually tried to do that. Uh, And he was like, I'm going to make you this gin drink and just drink this drink so, you know, if you're sick in the morning, I'll know that it's just this drink and not. And I was like, why are you trying to poison me? (laughs) Like, why why would you do this to me? He was a bartender, and uh, that's, uh, that's what he wanted. And guess what? My tummy got all bubbly afterwards. He's like, it's it's in your head. It's all in your head. I know, right? Uh, for those of you listening at home, my face changed to shock uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. at that moment. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm know, in such right? shock. I would, my jaw literally dropped. I'm, I just don't understand a person who you're being told, no, this makes me ill. Like, mm-hmm. my body does not feel good. And they're like, no, trust me. You are wrong. And I, I thought I he was hot shit it. because he was a bartender, obviously. Uh, <sighs> but speaking of alcohol, Jordan, what are we drinking tonight? Uh, we're drinking Cabernet. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a very classy episode. Yeah, I was feeling classy. Mm-hmm. We're recording it on a Wednesday night. Yeah. So, you know, it would be hard and good conscience to, you know... Probably my liquor of choice would have been tequila. Yeah, Ooh. you know, Ooh. If, we had been that taking, if we had just been slamming tequila shots, <laughs> could you imagine? This would be a very different night. We'll save that for Jordan Moranto part two. <laughs> next time, next time mm-hmm. we're drinking out of skull glasses, so I'm feeling very powerful at the moment. Yes, uh, Charlotte described it best. It looks like the blood of our enemies, which I think is very fitting mm-hmm. because you know, for the most part. Haven't met very good people in the dating world. No, it's uh, it's been a little difficult. But uh, speaking of which, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh no, I've been involved with Charlotte or Jordan, fear not. We're not going to call anybody out by name here. I have devised a sheet of code names for people I've been involved with. I offered the same to Jordan, but she has decided that she is just going to call them, you know, that guy. Mm-hmm. So, so you're all just guys to her, you know? Yes. That's what you are. <laughs> That's what you all you, are. You don't, honestly, wait, no, let's be real. You're all very meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm a person who's just living her life, mm-hmm. and there are other things in my life that just hold more meaning. And yeah. so I just don't want to give each of you an individual code name when 
you know, we're all just part of who we are now, right? <laughs> we are who we are. But speaking of that, Jordan and I are both uh, single ladies. Mm-hmm. Dating in Oh, yes. LA. We are a couple of single ladies. This is this is the first single ladies episode. Yeah. Clink, clink to, clink to single, single ladies. ladies. Aren't plastic. Yes. <laughs> Our plastic, plastic glasses. Oh, yes. my gosh. But, yeah, we got... Uh, you got some single ladies going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jordan, I know a lot of your shit. You know a lot of my shit. But uh, let's talk Let's talk a little bit about dating in L.A. What's going on there? Let me tell you, it is a pit. Mm-hmm. So kind of what I normally say about L.A. is that it's Neverland. It really is a place where people move to so they don't necessarily have to grow up. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, because think about it. You go, a lot of us move out here to go into a career where you're just kind of playing pretend and, you know, or being the the scene shop person of the play pretend. You're like, I don't want to participate. I just want to build part of it and I'll watch and I'll be as equally as fulfilled, you know? So we're all kind of coming out here to just tell stories. And a lot of, but these, let me tell you, these people work very hard so the contrast for most of their lives after they're working these 12, sometimes like 14-hour days is they mm-hmm. just want to party hard and get fucked up. Yeah. So no one's looking for any kind of, I mean, not no one, but at least in my experience in the past year, there hasn't been really anybody looking for a relationship. Yeah. That's so, I'm so glad you put that into words because <laughs> I was definitely feeling that. And I was like, why do all these people suck? Yeah. Because, and I think that the most, and you know, I feel like you have probably heard this a million times. I feel mm-hmm. like when you are a woman in society, <laughs> a lot of times you'll hear whenever you're like, oh, this dude's like not mature, this dude's like not, all the guys will be like, you know, guys, guys at your age, guys suck at your age. They're not, guys suck at your age. I have been hearing that since I was like, 14 years old yeah and it's like every age I'm at like they're all just awful all the time it's so true and if there's anything that's also been an interesting change about the past year of living in LA is it's also like for the last half year I've been a college graduate and so I'm not dating a college crowd Mm -hmm. I've learned that after you graduate any age is fair game yeah like yeah I'm 22 and the age range I of people I've dated out here has ranged from 24 to 32. Yeah. And I've known plenty of tw- girls in their 20s who date people in their 40s. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, I forgot that this is a thing, you know, just because also most of the people I'm interacting with out here are older. Yeah. I don't meet too many people my age, mm-hmm. you know. We brought a lot of people our age out here. <laughs> we did. And then we also meet people our age through uh, background acting. Mm-hmm. Yes. And background acting. I don't know if you do this, but I know that when I get on a background set, I look around and see if there are any cuties. Because you're going to be stuck on set for like 12 hours. <laughs> right? So you're like, who am I going to flirt with? Yes. I, I totally feel that. And it's, it's kind of a thing where I've... With background people and kind of a way is that I have now kind of viewed them as as coworkers, mm-hmm. so I can't pursue them because I get too stressed out because I've had bad experiences with you know coworkers in the past, so I yeah. don't necessarily think it's a good idea for me to ever get involved because mm-hmm. I'm like yeah I might only see them once a month sometimes, but sometimes I see them like five times in a week, yeah. you know. But I I think that you bring up a very good point. But I also think that, you know, because we have, because we've discussed our work crushes before, and yes. we work crushes are 
just oh I think oh, this is a good point I get what you're saying yeah so work crushes mm-hmm. and so I you know I had the last job the Jordan and I had together I had a big mm-hmm. work crush but it wasn't a person that I wanted to date it was just a per you know like it's just I, like a harmless thing if somebody could flirt with and it doesn't mean anything and it makes the time fun. go by faster that is that is very true I, there have definitely been set crushes I've had where I've gone you know but in the real world they're a wonderful person, but I think that we just got along so much based off of our mutual experience mm-hmm. of the set itself. I yeah. don't know, like, if in person we would vibe. And see, and that's, so the last set that, not the last set I was on, but, like, the set that I was last on where it was, like, days long, mm-hmm. I was like, this is miserable because we were getting rained on and it was on location, and I picked a set crush because that's what got me through the day. <laughs> and then at the <laughs> And then at the end of this four days that we were filming together, I ended up getting his number to borrow a backpack for another set. And then uh, I ended up not borrowing it because he had to stay on set longer and I um, and I wrapped earlier and I borrowed a backpack from my friend, but I texted him and was like, hey, I borrowed this, you know, I, I don't need your backpack anymore, but thanks so much for offering. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, glad it worked out. Text if you're ever bored. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm like... <laughs> in it like this is gonna happen but then once we weren't on set anymore and we weren't seeing each other every day it just like totally fizzled out and nothing ever came from it but you know maybe it's better that way yeah maybe it's good that it you know stayed a true set crush and uh it never it never developed further you know yeah no I feel that it's it's a lot of misconnections but then also missed mistakes Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know cheers to that (laughs) clink Clink. Mm. Uh, I'll never get over clinking with the plastic. It's mm-hmm. the, the classiest I've ever felt. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we're talking about, you know, not real love, not real crushes, not people you want to date, I uh, have a question on the opposite end. Okay. Jordan Moranto, do you believe in love? Yes. Mm-hmm. I totally believe in love. I have been fortunate enough to have been in love, mm-hmm. and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um... But I feel as though it's this super generous gift that sometimes comes at inconvenient times. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be like if you were eight years old and your parents like, here's a Porsche. And <laughs> you're just like, ah, what do I do with this? I'm eight. I don't know what and to do. And you're also like, I know that this is good and cool, but yes. I don't know. Like, what do I do? Exactly. Like, I can't use this in any way. This mm-hmm. is an almost inconvenient, amazing gift. Yeah. And so I feel as though that when I, the time I experienced love was when I was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And... 19, like we started, yeah, we started seeing when I was 20 and I, I felt like I was just not at the stage to be able to know how to handle it. Okay. And so, but I definitely, I, I feel, I feel like I want it again, obviously. Mm-hmm. It was just the wrong time before, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I think the timing is so important when it comes to stuff like this mm-hmm. and truly like something that kind of stuck with me from my teenage years and this was just like a friend of mine who told me this where, you know, it's it's all about the right person, but it's yeah. also about the right time yes. too. Yes. So important. Very yeah. true. So, yes, I do believe in love. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm so glad. Do you think you're like at the point now in your life where you're ready to find that again? I feel like I'm talking to the Bachelorette. Like Jordan, are you? I'm Chris Harrison. Yeah. Jordan, are you? Uh, are you ready for this journey? Are you ready to find love? <laughs> and to Chris Harrison slash Charlotte, I would respond yes. Oh my god. Um, I really am ready to experience love again uh, for multiple reasons. But I think the biggest one is that I'm super, I'm super, it's so funny. I'm, I feel like I'm resonating with Kendall from The Bachelor right now <laughs> because what how she put it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Charlotte and I, our friend group, we, we started uh, watching The Bachelor at The Bachelorette as a bit last year. Mm-hmm. And then as many things that then become routines in our lives, yeah. so like it starts as a bit and then it becomes a thing we just do. Because we were very much like, we gotta, we gotta, what, what's this all about? about? What's this all about? Oh, we'll just watch The Bachelorette. Yeah. And then, but it's, y'all... These are some real raw people who are so brave to put themselves mm-hmm. out there. And you know, it's so funny because we, so we started watching during JoJo season mm-hmm. and um, we had heard so much about Ben Higgins, but we hadn't seen that season. And so Nat and you and I, I think that all of us were kind of like, we should watch Ben's season and like watch JoJo and like see what happens. And then Natalie and I watched the first episode and we remembered that this is such a heart-wrenching emotional journey. Yeah. And you're along the with the like you're along with these people for the ride and we were both like I don't know if I can just watch another season. Like I can't. Yeah, cuz you that. y'all were watching it right after I feel like each uh each series, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise are timed perfectly. Yes, cuz you have to recover between you really all do. of them. You really do because it's it's so soon after The Bachelor that you know, comes the, like, Bachelor in Paradise and mm-hmm. everything. And Bachelor in Paradise, granted, is a little more goofy. Like, it kind of But you needed that itself, because I yeah. think that it's the hardest to watch these women. Mm-hmm. It, it honestly, I, I apologize if this is misconstrued in any way, just ahead of time, but I think it's harder to watch these women go through this than mm-hmm. the men, to watch yeah. the men go through it, simply because I think that more women doing it are doing it genuinely. Yeah. From what I observed in The Bachelorette, I don't think many men are doing it genuinely. I feel like the whole here for the wrong reasons is it's mostly, really, mostly comes up from... From dudes. Yeah. I totally agree. I, I, I've heard it maybe once during this season of The Bachelor uh-huh. but in regards to another woman, but I think every woman there is truly there to find love. Mm-hmm. And... I don't think that's the case for the dudes. Yeah. I think they're looking out there to get some Instagram followers Ooh. and to get a lot of free stuff. And to sell gummy hair. Exactly. Gummy bear hair vitamins or yeah, whatever. They're, they're making such a fortune off mm-hmm. of just talking about things now on their Instagrams. Yeah. And that's why they got on the show. It wasn't to fall in love with Rachel mm-hmm. or JoJo. Yeah. It, yeah. So, but, <laughs> to, we went on a tangent there, guys, about The Bachelor. But... Welcome to Bachelor Drunk. Yes, Bachelor Drunk. Uh, I am now halfway through my second glass of wine, so we're doing well. So we're feeling good, and red wine is so good. It is clink. good. I love red wine. Um, but there's this one woman who, I don't know if she'd ever listen to this, but Kendall, I love you. One day. One day. Uh, but Kendall, she is this girl who's competing, you know, for Ari's love, and she, somebody asked her, why are you here? Why are you here if you've never been in love before? And she said... I think that I'm at a point in my life where I'm super confident in who I'm, I am, so I have a lot of myself I can give to someone. Mm-hmm. And I totally feel the same way at this point where I, it's not that I don't think my life's going to change in any way. My life's constantly changing, but I'm, I don't know. I'm just happy with who I am as a person. And on the days that are bad, I'm still like 
I don't know. Well, I <laughs> think you're great. Thank so you. I agree. <laughs> Thank but you. I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I think that um, I wish I had uh, the, so I have like a self-awareness now, just, yeah. you know, being my age and having gone through what I've gone through. But I wish I could combine like my self-awareness with the blind confidence I had when I was a teenager. Yes. Those, I feel like once I get those two. Yes, I and, totally agree with that. And I think that there's, but but that's the thing about confidence is I think that when I was a teenager, I had confidence, but I didn't have self-awareness. And so sometimes like I did say things that came yeah. across as mean. And my mom has even said before, like when I was like 16 or 17, I was hanging out with like a certain, mm. not like a bad crowd, but you know, kind of like a fake it till you make it sort of like yeah. crowd. And she was like, you were mean. Like you, oh you gosh. were a mean yeah. girl and I love you and I've always loved you but I didn't like you at that time <laughs> like straight up and I'm always just like oh gross because I was going through so much um emotionally that I didn't really know how to express yeah and so I do regret some of the decisions that I made when I was 16 or 17 but now I feel like I need that confidence that I had to like go forth in the world but the self-awareness that I have and kind of the what that you've adopted at this point yeah I think that that's why I this is going to sound nerdy, but one of my favorite songs of the year was Younger Now by mm-hmm. Miley Cyrus. Just because whenever, you know, Miley, like, I have a, a twisted love-hate relationship with. Right. But that song just really, it felt really good to hear because I do understand that the more, like, happy you get with yourself, the more you do readopt that blind confidence you had when you were a teenager and you do feel younger in that kind of way. And I... I, I don't know. I, I do every now and then I feel like the youngest I've ever been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also I think that for me, and I've, I've brought this up before on the podcast, but me having most of my friends are younger than me. And mm-hmm. so every year I'm just like, oh my God, I'm getting so old. But that's not, but that's <laughs> not, not it. No, and if I, if I talk to anyone, like mm-hmm. they, they tell me what a baby I am. And, and you know, it's, you, you gotta, you just gotta remember where you are mm-hmm. and that the people that come into your life came into your life for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if my life had gone the way I, like, was planning on it, then I, I don't think I'd... I'd be here, but differently. I don't yeah. know. I wouldn't be with you, you guys. Been, you would have been with... Oh my gosh. Charlotte almost went to Boston mm-hmm. University, and the first guy I dated in L.A. is from Boston, and... He hangs out with the whole Boston crowd. So and Charlotte is that guy's age. So she definitely would be hanging with this Boston crowd. We would have met through that guy I dated. Oh my god, that's like the spinoff episode. Where yeah, it's like, what could have been? Yeah. And then it's like Jordan and I would have met, and I would have been like, that girl, she's so quirky. I don't know how I feel about her. Like, yeah. And then it would all the audience would be like, but no, they're supposed to be best friends. <laughs> you can see they're meant for each other. It'd be like, hey, will they, won't they friendship? <laughs> yes, truly the best. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. But tell me about that uh, that first guy you dated. Let me act like I haven't heard this story. Uh, um, so the first guy I dated in LA, I, I met almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. We met on St. Patrick's Day. At one of uh, our personal favorite uh, bars out here. And he was a regular at this bar. And, like, 
we, you know, he, he hit on me at the end of the night and asked for my number and I didn't think anything of it. But then the next day he, he like, that happens pretty often when you're out here is that people ask for your number, but they're so drunk that they don't really get, they don't really don't care. They're just asking to be nice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But this guy actually like texted me, uh, isn't that weird? Like, oh yeah, you should assume that people out here actually don't mean what they say. Yeah, no, and that's well, we'll and we'll kind of get to this. Yeah. There's a little thing that yeah. Jordan and I have discussed, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, like you finish this story and then yeah. we'll kind of go over that. Yeah, because that's so true. Uh-huh. But yeah, so usually I when people ask my number, I don't expect anything to come from it. But then the next day, he texted me and you know asked me on a date, and we did go on a date and it was really fun and you know we he was a really cool guy and we had a lot in common he he was just a ball of energy it was great um and it was comforting to date somebody because at this point I've only been in LA for like three months Mm -hmm. and so it was so comforting to talk to somebody who had been here for a couple of years and just hear how life can change so much in two years, or mm-hmm. just how hear him confidently talk about which freeways to exit on, you know? It's just things like that that were like, hell yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was cool. But what happened was we never talked about what we were. And so we saw each other for quite a while. Uh, we met in March, and then at one point I went back home at the beginning of May to graduate and visit my family. So I was going to be gone for almost a month. And he was like, yeah, well, I'm down to see you when you get back. And so I came back, and we kept seeing each other for, like, probably about another, like, couple weeks to month. And then um, we realized that, you know, so at first – so he brought up, he, he said that he – would prefer us to just be he was he always thought what we were was friends with benefits and I assumed that we were dating because he would talk about how he'd want to go out with me and meet my friends and all that kind of stuff he goes no we just become real good friends but also hook up and I'm that's like, like my nightmare yeah it's <laughs> to be like oh I'm dating someone and then be like no no <laughs> yeah that's exactly what happened and it was the weirdest feeling and I remember going, yeah, I'm okay with that. We can definitely be friends with benefits. And at first, I thought it was the best thing. I felt so like, yeah, I can separate the two. I'm an evolved being. I'm a, I'm a sexually free lady. Yes, hey. I can. This dude can just be an object to me. You know, it was it was really silly. And but we would just we just you know I I, I realized nope this isn't this isn't happening for me yeah and he just we weren't compatible towards the end too Mm -hmm. he just so I I very much thought yeah this is run its course so that was the longest thing I ever had in 2017 the longest thing I'd had since my last relationship like Mm -hmm. actual relationship um but yeah since then I've just kind of bounced from person to person trying to figure it all out right um, well, it's funny that you bring up the the guy, because like, the first person you dated in L.A. Yeah. Similar, when I dated Bumble Boy, he mm-hmm. has lived in L.A. for six years. Mm-hmm. And I had been here for a handful of months, like I think three months or something. Um, and so I was like, oh my gosh, yes, this is perfect, because this person like knows his way around, he knows cool places, Yeah, like this is great, it's going to be... And then this was also, um, and I usually kind of go after people who are younger than me a lot of the time mm-hmm. and this guy was like a year older than me and I was yeah. like oh this is perfect and then yeah. I what you were saying earlier about kind of never land and never growing up I'm like oh this 
Yeah, like he's he's like an adult, but he's also super not because yeah, he works really up hard every night. Yeah, so when yeah, and that was oh, he drank a lot, which should have been a red flag. But you know, there's a quote from BoJack Horseman, which mm-hmm. I, I honestly I don't watch BoJack Horseman. I've just <laughs> seen this quote, but it's uh, when you're wearing rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags, and it's so true. Mm-hmm. And I'm not to say there's anything wrong with guys if you're young, drink all you want. Yeah, but when you're dating somebody, you shouldn't have to always be drunk around yeah. them. And that's how he was with you. He was just, Charlotte, he was just always so drunk. Yeah. And that, but, and like I would, and I, I justified it because, you know, he'd talk about like having anxiety and like all that. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I just get nervous and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, that's fun. Like mental health, blah, blah, blah. But that's yeah. not, you know, yeah, you, no, can't, yeah. you can't, you no. can't do that. No, you can't do yeah. that. But um, also before about like just assuming that, <laughs> People are lying. <laughs> yes, Charlotte and I would talk about like how things were going. We so we we talk about how things are going so well with a guy uh-huh. because things will be going so well, you know. And you say, yeah, he tells me that he likes me and that he'd like to see me again and that he really thinks we're compatible and all that good stuff. Or. He could be lying. He could just be <laughs> lying. And I will always remember we were, after my uh, first date, and he had also, so like a, a day later, I guess, he had texted me being like, what are you doing tonight? And he wanted to get together. And I was talking to Jordan, and we were outside this club, and we were talking, and Jordan's like, oh my god, you're so smitten, you're so smitten. And I was like, yeah, like, I think it could be really great. And he told me he wanted to see me, but he could be lying. <laughs> It's so true. It's just, you always, I always back things up with like, yeah, you know, well maybe, yeah, he told me this, but honestly, maybe it's not true. Yeah. I don't know. That's the, that's the hard part about dating nowadays is it's hot. You can't, you're not allowed to get excited about anything mm-hmm. because you know that somebody could just be lying to you to get what they want mm-hmm. or just not being honest because they're not being honest with themselves. You know, it's, it's a weird, yeah, I, I can't handle it sometimes. So I definitely think it's, like, a little difficult to get excited about things because I know I'm like this and I feel like you're kind of the same way where you never want to, like, you never want to, like, I get nervous when I talk about things too much because I'm like, oh, if I tell all my friends about this and it doesn't work out, like, it's going to be super awkward. It is going to be awkward mm-hmm. and it's it's also awkward for, I know, I know not, this doesn't apply to everyone, but you and I, Charlotte, are both open books Mm -hmm. and so it's just kind of one of those things where you're you know when it comes to your life you're you're down to talk about it without any sort of attachment to it you know and you forget oh people will ask me about this later Uh uh-huh and Natalie has had to sit me down before and be like it's okay to be excited about things and then a lot of the time I'm like you're right but also some of the time I'm like easy for you to say (laughs) you were in such a happy relationship and you're happy and Mm -hmm. Very true. Um, but yeah, she just, she she loves us so very much and wants us to be, her mom, I don't know if she's told you this, but Karen has before been like, Charlotte Jordan dating anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Natalie was like, yeah, Karen's mad that you're not happy and in love because you're both so great. That's so sweet. That's sweet. Oh so my nice. gosh. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true love when your friend's mom Wants to make sure you're doing okay. Yeah. That's how you know you've reached that level with friendship with your friend. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? When exactly. your mom cares, when their mom cares about you. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 
Karen, if you're listening, we love you. And we love Natalie. I would love if Karen became a listener of Love Drunk. She should be. Do you think Sandy's going to find this? Probably. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hi, Sandy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but if we ever find people in LA mm-hmm. that we fall in love with, whatever, um, are you going to get married and can I come? Yes. I'm so down to get married. Okay. Um, for a bit of time, I didn't know how I felt about it, but I almost feel as though everyone goes through that phase where, I, except for those people who are diehard, like, Yes, uh, the traditional American family <laughs> looks perfect to me mm-hmm. as laid out before me. Like, good for you. That's awesome. I, If anything, that kind of would have made my life easier because I would have been more clear and probably would have picked a more lucrative career. <laughs> I was not going to be suffering for many years <laughs> just auditioning and shit oh, and God. trying to scrape by. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I definitely, for a while, was even thought, no, I, I'm not going to get married. I'm kind of going to live in a life of solitude. And that's okay. So you weren't even going to, like, date anyone? You were just I was going to date because I still thought, well, I will, you know, commence the pleasures of life <laughs> in every way. You know? That's just how it works. Um, I thought maybe I'd have long-term boyfriends. Okay. That's, you that, know, and that's what I meant. Whatever. Like, yeah. yeah, where it would just bounce from person to person and mm-hmm. just see... How it goes, mm-hmm. um, but that I, I didn't think you could find somebody that could fit all of the check boxes. Because I thought that what's beautiful, I personally feel as though I fall in love with another person every day, just because I just find so many qualities about every person so attractive and wonderful. But then I realized that I kind of I might just see the world through rose colored glasses, <laughs> and I very at first, but then. Whenever you talk to somebody, you have to take the glasses off. That's right. how it is for me. Where, oh my gosh, they're great. And then I take the glasses off and I go, no. Yeah. So. Growing up means learning how to take those glasses off sometimes. It does. I think. Well, and I'm happy I have the glasses because they work as a, you know, it. I feel as though I discover um, uh, kind of little gems in the rough that mm-hmm. you didn't see before and mm-hmm. I got to see them simply by wearing the glasses yeah. that I wear and so I thought I've, I've stumbled upon a couple secret people that are really wonderful and I just spilled wine on myself and on oh, your pillow no. I'm so sorry Charlotte it's okay it's oh okay. that was dramatic I'm sorry it's okay I oh I brought this paper towel upstairs just for this occasion you're a genius I was like one of us is gonna spill it was honestly we were we were taunting God by we really this bed were. with a red wine for real I'm so sorry Char. it's fine it's so fine oh that's gosh. you got you got my you got my knee pillow that I put under my knees so I don't have a sore back in the morning oh my gosh because I'm 80 years old so hey you're talking to the arthritic chick. <laughs> okay. We're on, the same, boat. We're on okay. the same boat. We're on the same boat. Also, we've got both of our beds off Amazon. So, like, yeah, they maybe... both, both of our beds came in boxes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they were small. I mean, I wasn't here. I bought this bed off of our other friend who was, <laughs> was subletting this room from me. What a specific time in our lives this is. Mm-hmm. We're never going to look back 
thinking, oh yeah, when I was 22 or 24 and sharing a room with the bed I got off the internet. You know what I mean? And that's that's what you gotta do when you first move to LA. You gotta get a bed off the internet and share it with your best pal. Yeah. Not the bed, the room. Exactly. (laughs) The beds are small, we couldn't share them. And our beds are a safe distance away, okay? Uh Charlotte and I are not holding hands by any means when we go to sleep at night. (laughs) I had actually a friend in uh, high school whenever we would drink, just kidding, I was 21 when Mm -hmm. we drank let's be okay let's let's just be honest here mm-hmm. uh when I was in high school and I would go to my friends I never went to like big parties and drank in high school mm-hmm. I always like got together with like 10 close friends and we drank at um, yeah. my friend's house and uh his mom was fine with it and one time I woke up she was sort of like I'd rather you do it in the house mm-hmm. and there was one time I woke up super hungover the next day and, and you're like, hey, Maypola. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, and she like had like a chocolate croissant and an Advil waiting Ooh. for me, and I was like, thank you. Um, but what a way to wake up! I know, right? It was beautiful. But uh, take notes, gentlemen. Yeah, seriously. If we go out drinking, and you're like, oh, she's gonna be hurting in the morning. Chocolate croissant and an Advil, and an Advil. Mm-hmm. or two ibuprofen. I, I I I do the ibuprofen. Those are that's Aleve my go-to. Aleve is my go-to. Fucking right. love Aleve. Okay, so we're telling you this now, gentlemen. Listen Remember, up. Jordan's drug of choice. Aleve. <laughs> yeah, write this down, fellas. Um, I've always been an ibuprofen. <laughs> but uh, he had a room. It was like their guest room, and it had two twin beds in it. Which was interesting for a guest room, and uh, my friend Julianne and I would always like sleep in those guest beds. And on more than one occasion, we would wake up and our, we would be holding hands across. Aww. And the beds were so close That's together, so like truly what a friendship. Yeah, so that we was storybooks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was hilarious because we wake up and be like, "Is this like happening again? Like, why do we keep doing this?" Oh my gosh. Though I'm not going to lie, that was a purely platonic thing with you. Mm-hmm. But I think the best way I've ever woken up with somebody was I woke up the next morning and, like, we weren't spooning or anything. Our hands were just holding. Aww. And I, Yeah, exactly. I remember waking up just going, that's intimate in a different way. You know Aww, what I mean? That's, that's so sweet. Just, yeah. yeah. And it was it was just so nice. Woke up, his face was there, and our hands were just, like, kind of in between our faces. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, I guess that's how we went to sleep last night. And that's, it's sweet to me. Well, there was one time um, I was, I was, I fell asleep in a boy's bed, and um, he had his fan, like, full blast pointing towards the bed. And I run cold. Like, I... I'm cold always, and so I was like shivering so badly. And he was like, "Are you cold?" And I was like, "Yeah, just like just (sighs) just get close to me, just come Mm -hmm. here." And then he turned off the fan, and then we got into bed. And when I woke up the next morning, he was like holding me, and I was like sweating. Yes, (laughs) I don't know. Just the maybe it's just the boys I've been involved with, but I feel like they are like furnaces. Yeah, like I have never woken up next to a boy that was not a thousand degrees. Like I don't. I don't know what it is. And also, like I said, I feel kind of silly because, like, like in the night times, I will be like, oh, I'm so cold. Like, hold me. And then I'll wake up and be like, oh, my God, get away from me. Like, you well, are so hot. I think that you don't necessarily, if I may give you a, uh, Jor- a diagnosis. You, yeah. Diagnose me, Jordan. Um, tell, me, tell me what's going on. I, I don't think you run cold. I think that you run sensitive in the sense that, for the most part... I take in the air around me. Yes. For the most part, what's on you, specifically out here in California, is mm-hmm. the wind. Uh-huh. You know, and wind, like, I'm going to say 80% of the time, is cold. Yes. 
So you're constantly, and also our bedroom runs very cold. Oh my god, it's freezing. Yes. Even if it's 80 degrees outside, yes. our room. So, it's so cold. It would make more sense to open a window. Yeah. And I just, it's so silly. So you, so then what happens when you, I think you're just around the cold a lot more than you think mm-hmm. you are because California is known for having such good weather, uh-huh. but it's also, it does, it's a, it's the perfect, the perfect wardrobe out in California is shorts and a sweater. Yeah. Because Agreed. you want to be cozy to protect yourself and your legs aren't as sensitive as like your whole upper body and everything, uh-huh. you know, so, but you're also like, it's sunny. Yeah. So, I don't. Yeah, I, you just I, absorb the things around you. Yeah. And especially in the winter here and like mm. it just, there's nothing out there for me in the darkness. Yeah. I, I truly like winter in California. I, when the sun goes down, I'm like, bye, I'm not going to be out here at all. I've actually noticed this is what I've started doing when we go out and it's cold out. Outside, I'll still wear like my not skimpy outfit, yeah. my, my like sexy outfit that shows a little bit of skin, but I'll wear fuzzy socks under my high heeled boots. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like if my feet are warm, then the rest of me is significantly more warm. That makes a lot of sense. It's yeah, that's my secret. Yeah, I I randomly was on a, a set recently where they put me in a wig. It was a night shoot, and everyone was freezing, mm-hmm. and I was personally pretty cold, but. I thought I could definitely be feeling colder. It's not too bad. But then when the the hairstylist is taking it off my head later in the night, she's like, oh, aren't you lucky you got a wig? Kept you warm, right? And I go, oh, I forgot. Like, most of your body heat escapes from your head and your uh-huh. feet. Yeah. So it would make sense if one or both are covered, then you're doing great. Yeah. You know, I was wearing short sleeves and I was okay. Uh-huh. Fuzzy socks? Fuzzy socks are my, are my drug. I have so many... <laughs> I have so many pairs of fuzzy socks. Like, I have, and I knew that it was, like, actually bad. Not bad, but I left maybe the five or six pairs I have here, mm-hmm. and then I went home for Christmas, and I still had, like, five or six pairs at home. And oh I was my like, God. holy shit. He's just on rotation. Uh-huh. I just, my, I have really poor circulation. Okay, my feet so, are really cold, and my hands are really cold. So then when you're uh, with, like, a person, and you're uh-huh. sleeping in the bed with them, yes, are y'all shoes and well of course your shoes are off <laughs> but are your socks off or are they on oh my socks are off mine socks too off, always. That, yes thank you i don't understand i was also the guy who would have to keep his socks on throughout every moment of the night and you know what i mean by every moment yes every <gasps> single moment oh no <laughs> and i i just i remember thinking why why and they would ask him about it he goes oh it's just weird for me not to have my socks on <laughs> and I was just, it was always just a reminder. Oh, yeah, I forget. This doesn't change about him. That's hilarious. Yes. I never had that. Oh, it was it was weird. Oh. It was weird. And I think I think one night I said, they're fucking come. I, I didn't mean to curse, so, okay. But anyway. Hey, no, that's fine. We're doing it. Yes. They're fucking coming off because it's ridiculous. Yeah, the, uh, the last guy I slept with kept his shirt on. Oh. And I was like, why? And he's like, don't worry about it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, admittedly, when you have some of your, like, a good chunk of your clothes on, it's sometimes really fun. It's, it's honestly, it's fun. Um, okay. I get that. I understand. But when it's, like, no clothes except his shirt, like, that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> Like, this was not. You're like, hey, dude. Uh, why are you in that parka? <laughs> It just seemed like a mistake. Like, yeah. if I was watching a movie, I'd be like, what? Oh, what is going on? No, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I agree. Because you're, you're th- saying, listen, I'm okay with being vulnerable. And he goes, uh-huh. 
I'll take that in and not give anything back. Yeah. Because I think that's another thing is that mm-hmm. a lot of love and intimacy and dating is all, it's not necessarily a constant exchange, but it's a constant exchange of trust itself. Mm-hmm. And so if you are so exposed to a person and they're not exposed to you, you kind of feel. You're kind of like, what? I don't. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, I, and I was, I was like, I don't care. Like, I don't. If, yeah. Like, I don't. You know, whatever is going on, like, it's not going to bug me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm here. I'm into it. Because obviously. this particular person was self conscious, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, it'd be cool to keep my shirt on. It's yeah. Sexy. He wasn't like, yeah. oh yeah, my kink is keeping my shirt on. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> that just it was, really gets was, me going. Yeah. Because when you're when you're with that person in some kind of way, then you're just. You're being super vulnerable. And yeah. so it only makes sense that they would return the favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my mom said, this is a, like a word <laughs> I know, what my I'm mom after all this, switching over. But it, it is about being naked. But <sighs> my, <laughs> it's a weird way to start this. But I once, I was telling my mom about uh, an experience my friend had where they were, this is like, I tell my mom a lot of things, not everything, but a lot of things, but I was like, yeah, well, actually, you know, this is a funny thing, where I, <laughs> I will tell my mom about other people's, like, intimate details, but, like, I'll, like I'll leave mine out, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you can know about, it was kind of the same thing about drinking, is before I turned 21, I would talk about other people being drunk, and, like, I was also drunk during these stories, I just never mentioned it. Yeah. So it's just sort of like a, that's the thing. I, I bet never, she knew, though. She oh, knew. She, she knew. just didn't want to hear it. She knew. So, and that's, I don't outright lie about anything, and the few times in my life that I have, like, straight up told, like, lies makes me feel so weird, because usually I just talk around stuff. But, oh my god, I just thought of Lady Bird. <laughs> The best movie of 2017. Mm-hmm. Not the best. One of the best. One of the best. One of the best. Sorry, I didn't want to discredit other movies that mm-hmm. were amazing in 2017. Yes. But when Timothy Chalamet's character is like, no, I didn't lie. I haven't lied in two years. <laughs> because I feel as though I've gotten older, mm-hmm. I definitely have kept more track of my lies. Yes. And, and I lie way less. Uh-huh. I don't, I barely ever lie nowadays and I'm mm-hmm. very happy with it. But when I was a teenager, I freaking lie all the time when I was I have lied a lot as a kid yeah like I just kid, oh, yeah, over I shit that didn't matter yes. like just I just yes. tell random ass lies and then you know I kind of got into the whole bending the truth thing and so the last time I bold face lied I felt so strange about it because I couldn't remember the last time I just like blatantly <laughs> told a lie anyway mm-hmm. I was once talking about a friend of mine who had a serious relationship conversation while in the shower with another with their the person they were seeing. Oh my god! And my mom told me she's like, never have a serious conversation when you're naked, <laughs> because when you're naked, you're already vulnerable. And that's a good point. Yeah, so. that's so. I I'm trying to think if I've had a serious conversation when I was naked. I don't think I have. So that's that's a good point to like just maintain like uh-huh. don't be after all a serious conversation don't have a, don't have serious relationship com- conversations when you're drunk or you're naked uh, god but I don't even know what a serious relationship conversation is nowadays yeah. unrelatable content <laughs> yeah when you just haven't like been involved with someone for so long in mm-hmm. that serious of a way and so now it just it feels like an old folks tale even though it happened to you when you've You've had those experiences before. You're, you're saying, I can't get to that point again. Yeah. That exists in old times. And, well, yeah, and then for me, I've, I've never had a relationship. And so I mm-hmm. look at relationships and I'm like, how is it possible 
that you find so and and you mentioned earlier that you fall in love every day well when i when i like people it's very like few and far between mm-hmm. like it's very much um it's kind of i i go for a while and i think that that's my problem with kind of reverting back to other people yeah. and why i hold on to people for yeah. so long because i'm like totally. what if i never find this again but i kind of look at it and i'm like what are the odds that you find someone you like and then they also like you and then also you're both emotionally in the right place <laughs> to where you can commit to each other like that sounds fake it does it does it's it's seriously like to anyone who's in love hats off to you mm-hmm. with someone who's in love with you because that is a lottery yeah. that i think every person has the right to and that it will definitely happen to mm-hmm. but until you've had it for the first time or after you've had it and you haven't had it in a long time it it just just it doesn't feel possible anymore right but it is it really is yeah maybe (laughs) (laughs) i was i was actually complaining about my my love life the other day Mm. to a friend of mine and he he was all you know what'll how old are you and i'm like okay don't don't get onto me. I'm aware I'm 22. Mm-hmm. I'm aware that you know it. There's still it's okay that I haven't found somebody yet. I'm just getting annoyed. That's all it is. I know that the, the feeling will pass, mm-hmm. but I'm getting annoyed with being disappointed with yeah. every person I've seen, and that nothing's lasted more than a couple months mm-hmm. for for a couple for a few years. You and, know, yeah. And with me, I it's probably the same for you. But it happens, and you're sort of I don't know if you feel this, but it's sort of like I can't believe this is happening again. <laughs> yes, and you're like, of, and by the same time with that, you're like, of course it's happening again. Mm-hmm. You know, and because why would it be any? Yes. <laughs> Even though I did the followed everyone's advice and dated someone older mm-hmm. or dated someone my age or dated somebody who was a friend of a friend or dated a friend. You know, you follow everyone's advice and then you think, and this is where it gets scary, and this is why I'm happy where I am where I'm at now, but mm-hmm. at one point you think, whoa, it's me. <gasps> yes. Yes. And yes. I'm so glad you brought this up because mm-hmm. it's, and it's, you know, it's it's hard because you know that you know who you are and you know mm-hmm. that you're a great person and you know that you have a lot to offer. And I remember one time I was drunk on red wine, funny enough. Oh, um, classic. Yeah, and it was, it was my second year at school and it was when I was getting over Derek, mm-hmm. uh, bringing out the code names. Uh, <laughs> but I remember texting Damn. a friend of mine being like, I, and I literally said this, this was so stupid, but I said, I am a glitch in the matrix. And he goes, <laughs> what? And I said, I have so much to offer and I'm so great, but it just doesn't add up to anything. Oh, like, no. it's just like a yes. glitch. And then yes. of course my friend's like, you're being an idiot. Yeah. Like, you are being so stupid. But it is kind of easy to sort of fall into that sad role track and be like, well, what is the like the most common denominator of all these guys oh it's me it's me it's me like because i feel as though we have both dated drastically different guys Mm -hmm. i i mean i think yours might have more of a visible type they're all they're all a little bit similar yeah but we both have dated people who are completely different in every single way and have been involved people that are so far between being like each other Mm -hmm. and so you think oh I'll try something new with a completely different person and then it doesn't work out either and Uh you go oh yeah it's because of me and so but then 
what's nice is taking the turn mm-hmm. and you come around that feeling and do a 180 from it and you go, oh no, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. I just, I have a screen that's so fine-tuned at mm-hmm. this point where I can detect the incompatibility meter mm-hmm. right off the bat. It's I amazing. sense hesitation like so well to the Mm. point where I have there have been a couple times where I've been wrong but most of the time I have been able to pinpoint like the moment when something ends even if Mm -hmm. nothing significant has happened I pick up on like the tiniest detail Mm -hmm. and this has been proved like I've I've you know texted Natalie before and been like I think that this is over and she's like you know, maybe yeah. not. We don't know. Because Nat always likes to, and she talked about this in um, when I did the podcast with her, but she always likes to give the benefit of the doubt and yeah. everything. And um, and she's been like, you know, you don't know. So just give it a second. We'll figure it out. And then it is over. And I'm sort of like, I knew it. <laughs> I told you days yes. ago before yeah. the final confirmation, I knew. But then I also think that I got to stop doing that because... It's a, it's a defense mechanism for sure, for sure. But yeah, um, yeah. But I can't. I I think that probably in the situation, in the best possible situation, I could be dating someone. I don't want to spend the whole time being scared of it. Like well, then you can't enjoy anything. No, you can't. And it's one of those things that you know. One of my my personal uh, favorite rom coms is this one starring Daniel Radcliffe and Zoe Kazan. And uh, it's about two friends that end up being perfect for each other, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things that's brought up in the film is that when you get married or when you you start seeing someone, you say to yourself, I believe in the best case scenario. And it's weird to think that not everybody goes into dating that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, why would you go into something with someone going, yeah, this will probably be a waste of time. Or, yeah, it's very unlikely this person could, you know, be the mother of my child. You know what I mean? Why would you go in thinking that way when you could go in thinking the opposite way? And so you're putting just the effort into making it fun. Yeah. And you'll, so if two people are putting their best foot forward and it doesn't work out, it's neither of y'all's fault. It's just that it wasn't meant to work out. Right. You know? And so... But what's weird about dating is that I'm going to say maybe 25% of people go in with their best best foot forward. Yeah. 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 I don't think everybody's going in with their best foot forward. And that's fine. But I wish there was this a filter you could go through that was like, listen, I'm just going to fuck around. And then the people who are going, yeah, I'm just looking for somebody that I could have a real connection with. Mm -hmm. So I put a pressure on it. Yeah. Not to say, like, I'm looking at you as my future husband. It's, it's looking to see if you could pass that first step. I have seen so often, I think this is hilarious, it's guys saying on their profile, not looking for anything serious, but if it goes that way, then I'm down. But what I don't understand about that is that if you go into it being like, I'm not looking for anything serious, do you think someone's just going to like magically change your mind? Because I feel like <laughs> that is so the exception and not the rule. So yeah. I wonder if it's all just bullshit. Or maybe, I, I, and that's not to say that I think that guys who say that are trying to give you false hope or trying to lie to you. I think that mm-hmm. they might truly believe that that's a thing. But I also don't, I don't know if that's possible. Like, I don't know if you go into something. I don't know. I've never changed anyone's mind before. <laughs> I think that everybody 
And, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm very drunk at this point. Yes! Ooh. Love drunk! Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, she's love drunk. Guys, I'm love drunk. That's the name of the game, my Cheers. friends. Cheers! Cheers! Being love drunk. Clink, plastic clink. Mm. We also, we just poured the last of this bottle. And it was but a pretty it's decent a, bottle. It's a big bottle, guys. It was a big bottle. We just sneaky poured the rest of it we into our glasses. So we're... <laughs> So we're feeling pretty good right now. Um, but I think, Charlotte, I think you are totally ready and will find somebody that you love. Aww. And that it, it will be the possibility of meeting somebody. And I think it's sometimes, a lot of people talk about, because so far for you, mm-hmm. when you've met people you've been interested in, it's been a yes. knee-jerk reaction. Uh-huh. But I think a lot of people who are in love, or at least maybe at least 50%, were like, yeah, it was a slow burn. Yeah. And you, but you personally haven't experienced a slow burn yet. No. And a slow burn is the sneakiest kind of love mm-hmm. where you, you weren't going looking for it and, or, or you were going looking for it, but you never considered them an option. Yeah. And then they were, and then they were so your option and then it. It, it snuck up on you, and you didn't. It, it, I don't know. It's well. See, and this is funny too, because I don't, and I don't want to give too many details, but Jordan and I did go and see a psychic. <laughs> well, Jordan and Natalie and I. Jordan went first, and then Natalie and I went. And I'm not going to give away too many. She described this person that I'm supposed yeah. I'm supposed to meet within the next couple months, and I'm not going to say too much on here. But something funny that she said to me was that. Um, and I'm not kidding. She described him to a T, like hair color, eye color, yeah. Um, where, like, not specifically where I'd meet him, but like in what the context, situation, the context of which I'd meet him. She told me he'd have a dog and possibly a cat. Like, she told me so much about this guy that I was supposed to meet. Um, and so it'll be interesting to you know. And it's and for me, I'm not super banking on it. But if it mm-hmm. does happen, I'll be like, whoa. Um, but the funny thing is, she said. When you meet him, you'll think he's full of himself, but he's not full of himself. He just has a lot of confidence. Give him a chance, and you'll see that, like, he's a really good person. Mm. And so I think that that's so funny, because that might be the slow burn I'm looking for, where I meet this person, and I'm like, oh, no. And then and then maybe I'll be like, oh, wait a second. He's not actually a bag of dicks. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's, he's good. So we'll see. We're, you know... Jury's can, still out on that one, but... It can, it can really happen. I think the slow burns are often the most powerful mm-hmm. because in my personal experience, everyone I've had, I've had an instant connection to has turned to shit. They burn bright, but they burn out quickly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're fireworks. Yeah. And I need a freaking candle. <laughs> you need a, 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 can, a steady candle. A steady candle that will last many a month. Yes. And when translated to people time, <laughs> many a years. <laughs> many moons. Yes. Um, so what, let me, let me ask you, uh, you listen to music. Um, mm-hmm. What are your like top love song and your top breakup song? Oh man. Yeah. Give it to me. Okay. That's so hard to say. Just, like, trust your drunk brain. First thing that comes to your head. <laughs> what's, when you think of, like, love songs, like, what is, like, yes, top of... Yes, top of love songs. Okay, I'm trying to think of the song that I listened to the most mm-hmm. that, uh, when I was in love, and I think 
maybe Girl by Jukebox the Ghost. So you should all listen to it. Chance picked that as his love song, too. Oh my god! Chance, are we supposed to be in love right now? Probably. Strange. Uh-huh. Love you, bud. My sweet friend. I would say a top breakup song mm-hmm. that I remember clearly. When I was going through my first heartache when I was in high school, mm-hmm. this was a song I would play over and over and over again. Story of Us by Taylor Swift. Oh, we bonded over that. We did. I Charlotte once, you once borrowed my truck. <laughs> And to move a mattress. To move a mattress, because I used to drive this wonderful Dodge Dakota named Dana. Dana. Oh, I she miss rocked. Dana. I miss Dana. Hey, cheers to Dana. Cheers to Dana. Dana, I still got get to drive her when I go home, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Dana, but Dana couldn't play, uh, you know, you couldn't, there was USB, no aux card, aux, no aux, aux cord. So I would always just play CDs, and so I made a lot of mixed CDs, mm-hmm. uh, mainly in my youth. So it was really great to listen to, like, what 12-year-old Jordan's music tastes were. But I did make some mixed CDs later in life because I didn't get an iPhone till I was, like, 19. <laughs> and so... I got mine my senior year of high school, which is pretty late as well as far as... Yeah, As far, yeah. as, far as smartphones go, I yes. got mine when I was, like, 17 going on 18. Yeah. I made a lot of mixtapes and mixed CDs, and one of them had a lot of Taylor Swift, and sh- I knew at the time that Charlotte's favorite song, like okay, favorite Taylor, Taylor, Swift, Taylor Swift, Swift song, song yeah. was Story of Us, and that was on one of my mix CDs, so whenever Charlotte borrowed my car, I like had it queued up so that Story of Us would be the first thing that played when she turned on. I, I turned on the ignition and it started playing, and yes. I was like, oh, Jordan, yes. oh my god. And so that's the thing, Charlotte's my wonderful, beautiful, platonic friend, but I think... I really, I'm really into the idea of a relationship because I really love knowing a person well and just making them feel good. I love giving myself to somebody in that kind of way to just, I know you so well and I know it will make you the happiest and I know I'm going to, I can do that. I will what do is, that do you know your love language? Like, oh yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think I, God, it's, it's, I think that. Acts of service. I was going to say, when as soon as you said that, I was like, I feel like you're acts of service <laughs> because you, because that's what you do is you, yeah. you take care of people and you yeah. do nice things for people and, and you queue up Taylor Swift songs for them because yes. you know that they'll like it. That's, like, I love that. Thank you. I love, I love to do it. I love to make people, like just make people's lives easier or make their lives better. That's just a big thing for me. You know, I don't necessarily tell you I love you or know you, but if I play this Taylor Swift song when you get into my truck, then you know I love you and know you. You know what I mean? So that's that's why I really do love acts of service, and that's why I, I yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I think that that's so beautiful. And I, um, Story of Us is such a good... Breakup song. It's such a good breakup song, because it's also sort of like... It's sort of like a not, like, oh, I'm so sad. It, it, it's sort of like a, like a, shit, like, this didn't go how yes. I wanted it to go, and I really thought it was gonna, and so I associate, uh, I associate that with a person in my life that we'll call Dean, um, but Dean was sort of my most back and forth, will they, won't they, he was seeing someone, then I was seeing someone, and yeah. then, like, and it's it hard, this whole, it's hard to let go of those things, yeah. because you hold on to them for a bit of time. Uh-huh. And then it's kind of, and it's so funny, because I think that even up until, God, up until, like, maybe two years ago or something, I truly, like, maybe in the back of my brain, 
was sort of like, if he ever came to me and said, sorry for being such a dick, like, I would, that is like my, I think everyone maybe has like one person that if they show up in their life and they're like, let's start over, you're like, okay. Oh, I definitely have a person right now. Yeah, so like, they pop up to me and they were like, Jordan, you rock and we should be together, I would say yes. You'd throw it all I'd away yes. and be like, yeah. I've never been romantically uh-huh. involved with this person, but I'm like, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. If you said that, I would agree and we would date. And mm-hmm. we'd and we'd run off into the sunset together. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of a so that's why I always I loved that song because it was sort of like a shit, this oh god, it didn't work and I'm mad about it. But I what I love about it too, yes, exactly, is that I think a really powerful thing is to have not necessarily control over your feelings, but let your feelings be acknowledged Uh and acknowledge them for that of feeling and not who you are. Yes. And so I think I look at a lot of relationships as, yes, I acknowledged I was hurt and the cons that came out of that relationship um, and I will allow it to affect me for as long as it needs to because that's what it deserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, as like as much of me that was put into it deserves as much of me to get over it. Yeah, you know that's so beautiful too because I feel like there's a lot of pressure um, to not be too emotional and to kind of to get mm. over things and to walk it off and you know. But if something is so. Um, and Natalie talked about this when I had her on, but, she, you know, you are the one who defines your life. And even if a relationship doesn't last very mm-hmm. long, if it's not quote-unquote serious, if it affected you in some way and if it's meaningful to you, then, you know, take it. Like, yeah. you know, feel those feelings. And uh, I don't know if anyone has seen Call Me By Your Name. Uh, <laughs> it's if you, a good movie, guys. I, watch it. Watch it. I saw it in theaters twice. Our friend Mitch saw it in theaters six times, I want to say. It might have been seven It might have point. been seven. I, I think Mitch, he's watched it. You. I'm going to ask you about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I know he watched, like, a screener of it. So I think that he saw it in theaters Ooh. a certain amount of time, and then I think he watched a screener. But, um, uh, the oh, my God. I know his last name is Stuhlbarg, but I can't remember his first name. Is he it plays the dad? the dad. Yeah. Uh, whoever I, you are, we love you. Michael Stuhlbarg, I think that's his first name. I could be totally How wrong. Right. Um, Michael's a safe name. Everybody yeah. everybody knows Michael. Yeah, Michael Stuhlbarg. Uh, oh, I feel like that's not it. I know his last name is Stuhlbarg because mm-hmm. I looked it up and it's like, how do you pronounce my last name? If there was a bargain on stools, I'd say it's a Stuhlbarg. Mm-hmm. Which <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm in love with you now? Amazing. Um, but he has a speech at the end, and I don't want to spoil too much of it, but he's he's talking to Timothy Chalamet's character, saying that you don't want to suppress your feelings just to get over them quickly. You mm-hmm. should feel that pain, yep. because if you don't feel the pain, if you try to get rid of the pain, you'll also get rid of the joy that came along with it. Yes. And I think that that is such a beautiful and important thing, and that's always where, like, and I was crying earlier in the movie, but that's where I always, like, really start to break down. Oh, yeah, that killed me. That was yeah. the part. I, 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 I very much cried during that moment. Mm-hmm. I... It was so beautiful. And as, like, a straight girl, I, I cried. I can't I even know. imagine, like... Yeah, members of the LGBT community, like how you know they feel. It's it's one of those things where I think it's a universal feeling. Yeah, I and that when I saw "Call Me by Your Name," I hesitated by calling it a universal story just because I didn't want to take it from. But what? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't as 
a heterosexual. I didn't want to be like, this is my story. But I, I, I do I think, that. but I do think that there are, there are definitely qualities to the story and there are certain things that everyone can relate to. And that's why I do think it's such a beautiful movie because it can reach a, a wide expansive well, audience. I feel as though the LGBTQ community has been, you know, relating. They, they do, of course, they're, it's, it's, it's a little bit at a distance, mm-hmm. but like, when you when you look at a straight person movie and you look at how people uh, the love stories that are involved in that you do you do relate to the love you really uh-huh. do and so of course like naturally as you, you of course you can relate to this queer movie because mm-hmm. it was just pure it wasn't a story about it, it was a story about love. Uh-huh. You know, that's what it came down to. And yes, it was it a was, queer and love it was story. it was a coming-of-age story as well. Yeah, I it was feel. a coming-of-age story about love. And a self-discovery. Yes, yeah. and I think that that's what the, the queer community is trying to get at, is that our our stories, of course, are relatable to everybody, mm-hmm. because we all experience the same feelings. Because we're all just people. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and it sucks that, that the, the LGBTQ community, we, like, we haven't been, like, Sorry, I'm like trying to articulate my feelings. Yeah, of course. On the Cabernet. Hey, Cabernet. Blame it on on the Cabernet. But that's why more stories should be shown by the LGBT community because that the more you can show about it, show it, like call me by your name, you can show that we're just as relatable. Members of the LGBTQ community have grown up watching heterosexual relationships and can like you know relate to them in some way. Like, why can't we do? The same, but also the, the yeah. reason, But that's to say something we need a lot more representation. A well, lot the, more. we do, and but it, what's nice about it, coming from a lady who has felt the feelings for another lady, is that what's nice about these movies and what will be nice about the continuation of queer films. But like growing up watching just purely straight films, you associate the feeling in your body, and so then whenever you're experiencing your first queer feeling or like you've only experienced queer feelings but then whenever you do know the one that's feeling real for the first time it's the same thing that you saw watching those straight movies it's the same thing you saw watching those queer movies it's that feeling of connection and that it's a person by person basis Mm -hmm. you know and so it's the feeling of oh I want this person around me all the time oh I want this person to meet my friends all the time I want this person to be involved in every aspect of my life Mm -hmm. which is love and shit but like (laughs) but you know you get that feeling from watching a a queer movie from watching a straight film you get the feeling from the people watching if they're good fucking actors (laughs) it's a good script a good director that's helped them to get to that point it's that's why I love movies. <laughs> and thank you so much. Thank you so much for, you know, sharing yeah. your feelings. And as you, do you call yourself a, like a queer woman? Or- um, I call myself, I, I would call myself queer mm-hmm. in, in the sense that, you know, to be totally honest, it's very much a... Sorry, I'm so drunk. My apologies. I'm trying to explain. Hey, it's hey to be I, didn't, I didn't go over this. Because uh, I only go over this when we have to. We have three rules on this podcast. Tell me about the three rules. We don't drink gin. <laughs> we don't apologize. And A, B, C, D, always be consuming drinks. <laughs> so no apologies. If you're, like, legitimately mean, then, like, yeah, sure, you can apologize. But, like, don't apologize for, okay, for okay, cool. you know, the whole point is to get drunk and be very honest. So 
Okay. And that's what you're doing, and I appreciate it. Thank you. So I, I guess I would call myself queer. Okay. Um, but at the same time, I, it's hard for me to honestly place that label on myself when I have not been with another woman that intimately yet. Okay. I've had feelings for other women. I have, you know, that's been something of an attraction to me for quite a long time. I remember having a crush on a girl in the second grade. But it is very hard for me to fully accept this about myself when I know I'm, I come from... But my family wouldn't support it. They wouldn't... They, it's not that they wouldn't support it. It's just that... It would be so hard to tell them. Right. I feel, and they're they're the most accepting and wonderful people in my life, and they would love me no matter what. But you know, given my extended family, and mm-hmm. given my uh, where I'm from, and just what's considered normal, it is it it's all it's just kind of easier. I already have a lot of stress going into relationships mm-hmm. and going into viewing someone romantically. That if I, even when I view a dude going in romantically, I'm like, oh, these are the 10 stressors that go in with the possibility of a relationship. Uh-huh. But if I go into a woman with romantically, it's like, here are the 50 stressors <laughs> that go in with a relationship. Uh-huh. And so it's, I find women so attractive and so wonderful. And yes, I would be with in a heartbeat. And I honestly talk to more women on Bumble than men. But... To get over all of that from what how I've I'm 22 years old from how I've been taught and talked mm-hmm. to about for the past 22 years of my life it is hard to the women who have broken the mold I commend you and uh-huh. I'm overwhelmed by your bravery but like I don't know if I'm sh- I'm strong in so many points in my life I'm strong and like yeah I'm gonna pursue a career in entertainment uh-huh. yeah I'm gonna move to Los Angeles yeah I'm gonna uh, put myself out there every fucking day of my life but and face rejection literally yes, every every day, day. And life so as an artist exactly like- but I'm I'm already content I'm already happy finding a companionship in men that finding companionship in women would be amazing like I, I do. Ex- want to experience that but it would be it would be an added element to everything else because of where I'm from and how my family reacts to it and yeah well as a as a good friend of yours and obviously I Mm. can't tell you how to live your life but as and also as someone who is heterosexual I don't want to tell you how to live Mm. your life but I I think that um that it is your life and it is your choices and I also feel like you are someone who um, feels very strongly, and I mm-hmm. feel like you could very much overcome any sort of fears or challenges if you did find a woman that you mm-hmm. were very attracted to that you really did have feelings for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not super worried about you. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I think that, and I, I, but also it's it's your life, and you're going to date the people you're comfortable dating with, and that's fine. And no one should, and no one should tell you that you're not a member of this community or you're not... Yeah, clear and enough, or you yeah, know, it's, and, I, and, and, and only not, only you can define how you feel. I appreciate that, but I I don't know. I I, I have I have had romantic feelings for a person okay. of my same gender before, and she was freaking great, and it was 
the hesitation came not from the lack of experience with someone of my gender. Mm-hmm. It came from the timing of the situation. I gotcha. And the timing was Because I, I also think I know who you're talking about. And it yeah. was, it was definitely a very, it was a, it was not a great time. Not at all. Like, you know, and so I think that if, I, I, I honestly will see, the next time I have those feelings for another woman, because I honestly, I haven't had those feelings for a man in a couple years. Like, honestly, like, thinking, yeah, whoa, this is different, Uh (laughs) you know, from the pack. I haven't had that feeling for that for a while. But what's nice about being hunkered down, like, yes, I am living in Los Angeles. This is where I will always, uh, this is where I live, at least for the next decade. I'm not going to say I won't (laughs) live to New York. I would definitely live to move to New York. But... Uh, for the next many years of my life, I'm living in Los Angeles, so I'm open to whoever it might be that would enter my life, whether it be a woman or a man. I'm, I'm very much you're down. I'm down to fall because I do fall in love. I, I I'm attracted to in general just to people. Yeah, and it's a it's it. They're always different. They're always surprising and. That's the nice thing from these rose-colored... Oh, spilled oh a lot of wine, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Dear Lord. What's the nice thing from these rose-colored glasses <laughs> is that I'm attracted to many of people. Good. And I'm responsible with the ones I take seriously. And I hope to eventually find someone that really works for me. That's awesome. That's good. Thanks. So I feel like we're at a really great time. Um, is there anyone you want to low-key curse? <laughs> like, not not wish death upon or anything actually bad, but if you just want to, like, curse someone. Okay, so there is someone I would like to low-key curse. Okay, curse them, please. So, when I like someone, uh-huh. I'm very clear about, yes. I want to date you. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would like this kind of relationship with you. I'm always very, very upfront. Mm -hmm. And so I recently, I'd say maybe a few months ago, I I had a a friends with benefits situation with that was strictly a friends with benefits situation from my end. Uh And it was from his end as well. But I think that he got in his high and mighty brain that I was looking for something more serious. And I just, I want to curse this boy who had the audacity to assume, based off of my communication, that I would want to make him husband material. Blech. Yes. Gross. Dude, it was, I I think it's the most annoying. It's not the the most frustrating, because it's by no means frustrating. It's just like, ugh, there's a fly in my living room kind of feeling. (laughs) Where, when a dude who you're just interested in, um... And this might be a double standard from the dudes that I've been involved with that have only viewed me in a casual environment. And I've been like, oh, but are we romantically involved? But no, with this dude, I was like, no, we are clearly casually involved. I've, I've never expressed to you otherwise. Uh-huh. And he, I, I think this dude assumed that I was looking for more romantic interest. And I'm just, curse this dude who thinks that he's that hot shit mm-hmm. that a girl can't get involved with him about it unless it being, yeah. I want to marry you, you know, yeah. because that's not at all how I feel this person. I, and do you remember, there is this one, first of all, good curse. Second <laughs> of all, um, do you remember, we listened to a TED Talk, and you yes. and I got so mad, because yes. it was this woman, and she was talking about the science of falling in love, and she was like, 
People say that after a woman has sex, she gets more attached. And science might be right. And you and I were both like, fuck science. Mm -hmm. Like, that's so stupid. You don't necessarily like... And I mean, like, I'm a girl who has a lot of feelings. But I don't want that... Like, I don't want people to meet me and then just assume that all girls have so many feelings. Yeah. Um, because it is frustrating. Because there are situations where you go into them and you know it's just friends with benefits. And you know that it doesn't have to mean more than it does. But it was so, it was, it made me angry. She did have, she did have science on her side. Yeah. Whatever. She did some experiments. But I remember just being so angry. You and I were both like, fuck this. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that just sort of, like, adds to the myth of, like, Dudes just think they're such hot shit, and they think that sometimes. But, like, I just feel... Well, a lot of dudes that I've been involved with personally, and they they just... They really, truly think that you live and die by their... Like, you know, by what they do. And, yeah. And it's, and it's something that... And I mean, I've said on this podcast multiple times that I'm a small, sensitive baby child, and I have a lot of feelings. And But I, I you know, I have a lot of feelings, but that doesn't mean... I have feelings for a person or I I want a relationship with someone I've yeah. been involved with or you know yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, totally. it's, it's just it's frustrating just like it's, it's almost uncontrollable you're like mm. yeah I have a lot of feelings did I manifest all of them hell no yeah, yeah. exactly so mm-hmm. it's, it's very rough when people assume that because you're a woman you're just automatically like oh, I love you and yeah, I'll be with you forever cause I I feel like men have just as many feelings but I then really also, I, they, but they're, but how, oh, sorry to interrupt. No, of course, go ahead. But I feel like how our personal environment is that men shove it down and women well, it's all, go for it and it's encouraged and it's expected. And it's all the patriarchy. It's yes. for sure, it's, we all suffer under the patriarchy. Yes. It's, it's, <laughs> it's you know, women for are sure. taught to be emotional and that that's, you know, that's a woman's job and, like, being a woman is just so awful mm-hmm. that a man who represents female qualities, such as crying or sharing their feelings, like, that's not acceptable. And so it's, we all suffer. We all suffer. Feminism is for everyone. And <laughs> feminism is... Feminism. 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 We're pretty love drunk at this point, I would, we I would say. We are doodle. We are love drunk. We are love drunk. Um, but yeah, so I just think that it's it's difficult. Also, I get involved with a lot of douchebags, so I think that they're very full of themselves. It's... Let me tell you, Charlotte. Tell me, Jordan. It is hard not to get involved with douchebags mm-hmm. because so let me tell you the qualities of a douchebag. Please tell me, Jordan. Tell me what the qualities are. The qualities of a douchebag are someone who walks into a room and they elicit confidence. Mm-hmm. They are someone who is happy to be friends with anybody um, and everybody. That which is a wonderful quality to be. Like, of course. They um, know that they can exist off of just being kind and uh, taking special care to everybody. And so then what happens, what the the, the, the cheering factor of it all is, is that a douchebag from a genuine person is a genuine person who walks through that door is someone who is genuinely leading with kindness and with purpose and everything in their life but a douchebag is somebody who knows that 
oh, if I pretend to be these things, then it'll get me through life. And That's a very good point. So yeah. it's yeah. very like yes, but I th- feel like the douchebag to genuine person is sixty forty, where for the most part, I'm gonna say sixty percent of people have learned like, whoa, my sparkling personality will get me through this room and will get me in that girl's pants. <laughs> but the genuine person is it's less, and but at the same time, they exist around everyone you know. You just might not be right for that person, uh-huh. you know. You, yeah. it's crazy when you're friends with a genuine person, but you're not right for them, and it mm-hmm. sucks. But it's, well, there, and I have I have a handful of guy friends where I look at them and I'm like, damn, I wish mm-hmm. we could date. That would make life so much easier. It really would. But um, but you can't really force that. You know, you can't yeah. force a feeling. You can't force a spark. Um, but something that I'll say about my kind of general, my general type is that I feel like I am so attracted to these people, um, and it's kind of the douches that are douches to everyone except for me, where they, where they, and I, um, this was specifically who comes to mind, uh, Julian and Work Crush from our mutual job, um, because they did not give a shit about what anyone thought. But then they would, um, <laughs> he's right over here. Cool. Gotcha. Um, so they didn't give a shit about what anyone thought, but in our kind of, I guess I'll call it like courting stage, they were always trying to impress me. Yes. Where it was, they could give a shit what anyone else thought, but they were like, look at this thing. Me, Jenny, or you? Yeah, where it's like, let me be nice to you, or let me say something, or let me tell you this cool thing that I did, or show you this weird, like, um, specifically... Julian once, like, drew something and was like, look at this thing I drew. And I was like, cool. Specifically for you, like, Yeah, y'all. specifically, like, because I, I was like, you should draw this. Yeah. And he was like, I did it. Look at it. And I was like, <laughs> why? And I remember I heard him before he, like, came up to me. I heard him from a different room going, like, have you seen Charlotte? I have to show her something. And I was like, oh, my God, this fucking idiot. Like, what the hell? And so it's this, it's this person and so, you know, a lot of people are like, girls only like douchebags. And it's like, no, no I, it's just I like that someone. many people are disguising themselves as douchebags. I like as people, well, yeah. I like people who are confident in themselves and then who also are like trying to impress me, I guess. Maybe that's a bad thing, but you know, especially when someone is kind of shitty to everyone except for you. Well, no, of course, of course, I think that. One thing that I've been very good at over the years is learning which people, like, off the bat are, in exchange, attracted to me. Mm-hmm. Where I'm not, I don't think I waste my time with people who I can tell, because there's, of course, a huge chunk of people who are like, oh, this, this chick looks like a 12-year-old. <laughs> and so, of course, and I'm, I don't look like a 12-year-old. I really don't. No, I look like I'm 22. Jordan, you gotta slam it, bod. That's kind of you to say, but like that's that's often what I'm marketing myself as mm-hmm. in the entertainment industry. Not necessarily twelve year old, but like a teenage body. That's mm-hmm. what I'm like portraying career wise, obnoxiously. But you know that's that's what's happening. And so when every now and then you meet somebody who sees what you look like, but then also sees your mind, and it's fucking cool. But those people exists so few and far between the people who are interested in you because you look young or because you look fun or because you seem 
Down for whatever. Down for whatever. And I, I genuinely am down for whatever. I see the world through rose-colored glasses. <laughs> I find almost everyone I meet attracted. That's, and yeah, I think attractive. that a lot, of, a lot of times I'll like, I don't know, sometimes I think like, oh, people get involved with me because they're like, she's hot and cool and mm-hmm. whatever. And then they find out like, Yes, I am hot, but I am less cool than you think I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's just it's whenever you come whenever it comes to love, it just kind of comes to finding somebody who's compatible with you. No. But uh speaking of love, Jordan, I got one last question for you. What? <laughs> what does love feel like? Love uh it's truly an out of this world feeling. When you look at this person, your whole body is warm, but not uncomfortably warm. It's just the perfect temperature, no matter where you grew up, whether it be the Northeast, like in New England, or Texas, or, you know, right in the center of the equator, or (laughs) up in Antarctica, you, it's, it's the feeling that feels the most comfortable to you. And it's this person that you feel so at home with and you're kind of a part of this secret club that only exists between two people. And there's no one else you're trying to impress. There's no one else you're trying to uh, model yourself after. You just these two people are on the same wavelength. You're on the same rhythm of conversation. You're on the same rhythm of speaking and joking. And when it gets serious and everything in between, you're just someone that you don't have to try in front of. And it's the most beautiful thing. But it it really does just come at the most random points in your life. So whether you're expecting it to happen or whether you are just upon another journey of your life that's no love is involved. When it comes at you, you can't control it, but you can control whether you will accept it into your life or whether you're not ready for it. It's honestly your job to figure out when it is and what it's right. And it truly is like winning the lottery. That is beautiful. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that. And Of course. And also thank you so much for being on here with us. And thank mm-hmm. you so much for being honest and sharing so much of yourself. And I had a fantastic time. I hope you did too. I and did. now and now we are we are drunk on this blood of our enemies. Um so drunk on blood of our enemies. So cheers to uh, that. Cheers to the fucking people I did in college. <laughs> oh my gosh, so many of you fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> one last one last little curse for everybody. Yeah, um, some of you were great. Don't get me wrong, you know who you were. But the people that fucking sucked, y'all fucking sucked and you knew it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, uh, follow um, at lovejunkpod on Instagram and Twitter. Follow oCharlotteRose on Instagram, at oCharrose on Twitter. Jordan, what's your social media? Tell people what to follow. You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, that's the the platform where you can display your pictures. 
in case you weren't aware. Yes, and you can change your filter up. Uh-huh. And now, um, recently, if you don't If you don't have an Instagram, get an Instagram just so you can follow Jordan. Yeah, recently you can even put a story, which is if you want to chronicle the, the time to time uh-huh. of your day. Yeah, you can, can put do it that. on Instagram. You can do it. I am not done it yet. I will, I, maybe I'll do it soon. Do it. But uh, my Instagram account is the Maranto. Follow Jordan at the Maranto. Maranto is spelled M A R A N T O. A lot of people say M O R A N T O. No, no, no. You would be so wrong if you did that. Yes. Um, You'll follow also, Ron Maranto. Also, check her out in the first three seconds of the new Franz Ferdinand music video. Mm-hmm. Check her out on an episode of Grownish. Also, check her out on Fresh Off the, the Boat. Boat. Fresh Off the Boat. You can see me on Fresh Off the Boat. You can see me on the Mick. Yes. There's she's, a few random places you can see my 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 small face. Uh-huh. Honestly, just watch a lot of TV, and if you... Oh, I just spilled everywhere. <laughs> oh, no. No sh- shame. Shine. Uh, no shame. Uh, just watch a lot of TV and let us know if you see Jordan. But uh, for Charlotte Rose at Love Drunk uh, and Jordan Moranto at Love Drunk, be loved and stay drunk. Stay so fucking drunk. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We love you. Love you.